Welcome to the Club de Club de Cuervos podcast. It's our first episode. I'm James. I'm Melena. And we will be talking about the wonderful Netflix original series Club de Cuervos. Yes. So we can start by having a summary of the first episode, which is called Be a Captain. Would you like to or shall I? I can do it. So Be a Captain... We're introduced to the main cast, uh, and what happens? Uh, well, the uh, owner of uh, the Club de Cuervos dies in the first episode. Yes, and his uh, incompetent son and very confident daughter have ownership of the team. They take it over. And they discover that they may have another sibling whom they have to share a third of their inheritance with. Yes. Okay, so that that's enough for the summary. Now let's go through what happened in each uh, scene. This is our first time recording a podcast, so it's an exciting day. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Let's start with scene one. Where Chaba addresses the stadium crowd to hugs and applause, and then, oh, oh, sorry, and then Isabel punches Chaba in the face. So first, Chaba is the son of the owner of Club de Cuervos, and Isabel is his older sister. And it opens with him giving this moving speech, and you see the camera zooming in on the stadium, and the crowd is moved, and and. Uh, then uh, and and you you see that he looks too smug to be giving a funeral uh, speech. But he's but trying. He, he, what? It's like he, he's he's really you can see you can see right in the first scene that he's into himself more than he is into uh, what he's talking about. And that continues in the series. As I've seen the entire series, but James has not. He's only seen the first episode. Right. I'm so only far. watching episodes as we go. The next scene is one week before. Chava attends a party with the players. A lady records a video on her phone of Chava snorting drugs off a mostly naked lady. What did you think about that scene? (laughs) Well, they uh, they earned their uh, TVMA rating right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Um, Apparently the violence wasn't enough for you. What, the punching? Yes. It was a good punch. It set the tone. Um, the, uh, um, I, I was sur- kind of sur- surprised by this scene and I didn't really understand what was happening, but it made, uh, it had a lot of impact, uh, once I understood who was who and what was going on. Um, it will also continue to have impact throughout the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. So then Chava wakes up and he rides his motorcycle to the stadium Oh, which I'm was not, which I, was hilarious. It was hilarious, and when I was rewatching it to make this outline, so I remembered all the scenes. I noted that uh, the players are watching him, and Chava's uh, head gets stuck in his helmet, and he has to go for help. And uh, it's uh, his brother 
and I forgot the other two, his brother-in-law, and I forgot the other two people's names, but his brother-in-law is the one, Rafa, who decides that he should video this for YouTube and upload it later. Oh, is that in a different episode? No, he does it in the scene. He says, I'm going to take a video of this for YouTube. Okay, I missed that. (laughs) And and when I first saw it, I didn't, and the second time I saw it, I didn't realize that that was his brother-in-law doing that, like he'd have some sort of loyalty. But no, oh well. (laughs) I, I, I liked how that scene played out because... And it starts out, he's riding the motorcycle, and it's cut so cool. It's like, vroom, vroom, vroom. And he's like, oh, you know, you know, he's so awesome. And he, you can you can see that he's... Um... Anyway, he, it's like this motorcycle is a big deal, and he thinks he's so cool, and he looks cool at first. And then the guys are talking about, oh, there, you know, there's only, there's only three of those bikes in Mexico. And then they're... But then it quickly turns to mocking, and then he gets the the uh, helmet stuck on his head and it's awkward and hilarious mm-hmm. then Isabel confronts Chava about the video when he walks inside the gates mm-hmm. and when I saw that scene I, cause the, the whole scene where, where they were uh, they were uh, in the club and, and with the naked girls uh, I didn't realize he was doing drugs too but when she holds up the, the phone with the, with the, the picture of him you can really see the, uh, the cocaine smeared all over his upper lip that is correct. Mm-hmm. And then Salvador, Felix, Isabel, and Chava discuss the video in Salvador's office. Salvador is the owner of the club, and Felix is the general manager. I forgot his actual title, but he's been with Salvador since they decided to start the team, and he is the one who actually runs everything, especially after Salvador dies. So he's the manager. Yes. But he doesn't have any inheritance or ownership of the team, which becomes a problem in later episodes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Salvador says everybody out and, and Isabel thinks that she just met, that he just met Felix. Mm-hmm. Felix he, goes right away. <laughs> and then uh, he says, you too. And then Salvador and Chava go to the steam room. They sit down. They talk about Chava's role on the team and Salvador implores his son to be a captain, similar to yeah. the title of the episode. He seems he's so he's so disappointed in Chava because of the way Chava has been conducting himself, and he feels like he's uh, losing the respect of the team. It doesn't look like he had the respect of the team in the first place, but he's making it worse. Well, yeah. See, Salvador. Oh, oh, we'll get to that, but it's. It's, let's see, what is it like, I, I wanted to draw a parallel here that I had in my mind, but it's the people who don't understand why their children aren't doing better as if they weren't the people who raised them. Mm-hmm. It's not like, it's not like Chava was someone recommended by a friend who's done all this great work in other places. No, he knows who his son is and has been this the whole time, and now he wants them to step up just because... Mm-hmm. And there's the interesting line where he says, like, if you ask me, you're a captain. If you ask your mother, you're a captain. But if you ask a captain, you're not a captain. He's acknowledging right there that he's not treating, you know, he, that he's he's giving his son more credit than he's earned. 
And then and then Kava says, so should I get sailing lessons? And he goes, no, it's a metaphor. <laughs> yeah, he says that like he's really, really has missed the metaphor. And and he does, the entire uh, series, if you have not seen it, is in Spanish. So the subtitles can be in multiple language. We read English because that's the, our primary language. But the humor comes through both in the writing and in the acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Part of the timing um, that resonates so well in American English is because the people who wrote it were Americans who wrote the whole thing in English first and then translated all of the scripts into Spanish for the actors to portray. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. No, I, I did because I did research. As <laughs> you're, I re- you're smart. Well, man. I was researching and trying to find someone else who liked the show and no one else I know has ever heard of it. But now James does. That's great. <laughs> so then, Seth, and now you too, gentle reader or listener, <laughs> listener. Yes, Salvador has a heart attack. Chava calls for help, and then he looks up mouth to mouth resuscitation on his phone, and the instruction video is hampered by an ad. Yes, <laughs> yes. This uh, uh, he uh, Salvador just dies. Sudden heart attack, and well, he doesn't immediately die. He, well, he, but he dies very quickly. Yes, um, and uh, I love the way this scene was written and acted, um, and the panic that Chava portrayed. You know, he because he doesn't know what to do. He know he realizes what's happening, and he doesn't know what to do. And he grabs his phone. And he gets that. I, I I couldn't tell if he googled the wrong thing or or that. So that was an ad that popped up before the CPR instruction video. Yes. So you know, there's people doing workouts and uh, and that comes back later. We'll talk about that later. And he instead of using the phone to call for help, he uses it to get a video, which uh, didn't really make sense to me. Yeah, I wonder why he didn't. Uh, Call the local equivalent of nine one one, or just someone nearby because they're not. They didn't like call the hospital or no call, call help. Call somebody nearby and help. Well, he's he's definitely yelling for help, but he doesn't call somebody because they're. It's not like they they're like out in the woods. They just went to the steam room that's mm-hmm. still at the building where the team is located. Yeah, they had the general area to themselves, but it's not like they were alone in the city. They weren't. No, they weren't, they weren't even alone in the, the, the block that they were in or wherever they were. They were at the stadium. So there are, there are thousands of people whom he could have called none of which he did. Okay. So then we get the opening credits and I made a big note here that I think is hilarious. I know none of these people from other projects, though the extras who make up the working people of Nuevo Toledo, which is the city that they're in, well, actually the town in Mexico, are various shades of brown. Are various shades of brown. The main cast could pass the paper bag test with both hands tied behind their backs, except mm-hmm. for the Brazilian player who only speaks Portuguese. Mm-hmm. I understand that this may reflect actual football club society, but even the cast of Friends would have given them side eye. <laughs> so they're definitely a very pale people, and then there aren't, except for oh yeah, there's the, the, the Brazilian person, and there's one other character who we don't see as much of, um, who is brown, and so is family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the rest of them are just 
uh, Mexican white people. Mm-hmm. The I noticed the there are a couple places where the players refer to class, and I wonder if that's what they're talking about. Well, no, it's still working. Yeah, okay, just... well, uh, I think they were referring to well, which we'll we'll get to. We're gonna get then to we'll that. Then we'll get to it. Okay, we'll get to that. But they are referring to class, but not just color. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else would would you like to say about the opening credits? Music. Oh, and and we're hoping to have the music at the beginning of the end of each podcast episode, but we'll work we, on that. We will have <laughs> we will have had that already. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully, you heard it. Okay, then their news clips covering the death of Salvador Iglesias and his legacy with the Cuervos. Yes, and one of the sports commentators. Yes, and they and they all talk about how they almost won that one game. Don't you remember that? Yes, I did. <laughs> they almost won. Yes. Oh, okay. Then the next thing is that Chava has to select a funeral suit with the help of his mother, who takes a pre-funeral selfie. Mm-hmm. Okay, and this, and then this, this is where I realize with the next scene that comes up that Chava and Isabel are not full siblings; they're half siblings. Because yeah, they're they're each with their with their respective mothers in those scenes, and that was uh, that was explained perfectly without words. Yes, because the next scene is Isabel's mother wearing a pink dress while Isabel organizes the funeral because apparently no one else in their family is capable of doing so. Mm-hmm. And she's very upset. And then the players and the family attend a private reception. Chava complains to Isabel about the casket wood. Yes, because it should have been mahogany. Yes, he, 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 didn't, he didn't volunteer to organize anything, but he does have complaints. And I, and I definitely have been there at multiple funerals where, where some people are supposed to be putting together stuff and other people come in and they're like, well, why isn't this done well? And and then other people say, well, where were you? And then why weren't you doing this? This is an aside, but when I die, if you bury me in, if you bury my ashes in something more expensive than cardboard, I will haunt you. Okay. Well, that's your business, <laughs> not mine. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> okay, then Mary Luz enters the room, and she hugs Isabel and tells her that she's having Salvador Sr.'s baby. Yes, Mar- Mary Luz has this slow-motion introduction where she walks in uh, bare shoulders and kind of flipping her hair and peeking over her sunglasses, and uh, various men in the room slowly turning their heads to follow her. And... Uh, and um, I, I I loved um, Isabel's facial expressions in this scene. Uh, I the the actor who portrayed, portrayed Isabel was amazing, uh, and just the look that crosses her face when she sees Mary Lou's come in uh, carries so much information with zero words. And then also, uh, Isabel is the first person to walk up and greet her and hug her. And then China trying to steer her, you know, like, this is for family only. You need to leave. And, and then the Brazilian player comes up and starts talking to her. <laughs> and she says, oh, no, family and close friends. <laughs> um, and then when, um, just as, as, um, as Mary Luz is, is talking, uh, the the facial expressions that uh, 
that Isabel does are, are worth it, worth a second look. They're yes. great. I also appreciated when Mary Louise told Isabel and Chava not to think of her as a stepmother, and Isabel said, I never did. <laughs> yeah, and did, um, and, uh, did it seem like Chava was into her? Yes, because she is younger than Chava, and that is explored later in the season. Yes, he, he seemed almost but not quite flirtatious in that scene. Mm-hmm. Well... Go <laughs> uh, to the next scene where they're at Salvador's house and the family discusses the will. And they're at a very long table, and it's Isabel and Chava and their Tio at the head, and then a bunch of other people. Yeah, a whole bunch of other people I didn't recognize. Including each of their mothers, and then Mary Lou's at the other end of the table with no one sitting next to her. They're all <laughs> at least two seats away. Yeah, this was shot really well. And then if the baby is Salvador's, it will inherit one third of Salvador's estate. And and I think their Tio Louise kept saying, well, uh, Chava and Isabel, and then Isabel would say, Isabella, Chava. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, and she, and, uh, she doesn't want to do the DNA test now because she doesn't want DNA injected into her baby. She does not. And she ends up staying in the home until the baby is born. That is her plan. And then the next scene is Isabel and Chava exiting to their respective vehicles. And they're arguing with each other, and Isabel is upset, and Chava doesn't seem as upset as Isabel would like him to Yes, he's, he's like accepting of this already. There was even a, a, a brief flash when they're sitting at the table. They showed what he was doodling on his notebook, and he had drawn a pie with uh, characters of himself and Isabel and a crying baby taking up thirds of the pie. Mm-hmm. And the next scene is at practice, where the coach and the players discuss the upcoming game, and Moises, the captain, will give the player speech, not Rafa, the goalie. Mm-hmm. So this is where the class thing uh, I noticed came in, because they weren't sure who would be giving the speech, because Moises is the captain, but mm-hmm. Rafa is the goalie, and has probably been he has seniority on the team. Mm-hmm. However, he is also Isabel's husband and therefore um, Salvador's son-in-law mm-hmm. and is... Um, Somebody says he's one of them. Yes, yeah, so they see him as one of them even though he's clearly not an executive on the team at this point. He is a player on the team. Mm-hmm. So that comes into play later as well especially because he is the oldest member of the team mm-hmm. so then isabel worries about giving a third of her inheritance and chava is not concerned and then felix takes isabel and chava into a skype meeting with the governor of nuevo toledo <laughs> which was hilarious i love the way the skype meeting works they're like you know we have to see the mayor and they walk into the room and you see this guy standing there and i'm first thought is oh that's the mayor and then he flips the ipad up in front of his face and uh, you there's a, a moment of confusion on the screen and then you see the real mayor show up on the uh, on the ipad and the other guy's just kind of holding the ipad in front of his face that made me laugh it still makes me laugh and he is the governor so i think that nuevo toledo is a state in mexico oh it was, it was not, did i say mayor I said the wrong word. Yes, governor, governor. But I don't think it's a real state in Mexico. Not that I have looked up this or any of the we'll people's names. <laughs> okay, well, James will do that. I, I will. Okay, so then, let's see. So, 
as the governor addresses Chaba, not Isabel, and Chaba asks him, no, the governor asks Chaba to sell, not to sell the team, and Isabel suggests that she could be the team president, and no one takes her proposition seriously. Yeah, it's like they didn't even hear her, and they're like, yeah. And Felix encourages her to, uh, to satisfy her father's dream of enjoying the fruits of his labor. Yes, that's the scene where he's like, your father wanted you to go have babies. Even though she has an actual title, as as mentioned in the steam scene, that she has an actual job in actually running the team, and they made up a job for Chaba, I mm-hmm. think, to be the ambassador to the players, even though she has an MBA and he took a six-week institute with some guy that we're going to see later in the series, but <laughs> I forgot his name. Looking forward to that. But we're going to see more of that. We should see more of that discussion in episode two. Then Isabel boxes with her friend at the gym. I don't know her friend's name. She does have one. And Isabel, Isabel's friends encourage her to plan for the presidency. She wants Isabel to be patient. Mm-hmm. What do you think she about that? She's like a good friend. She is a good friend. And and this is... Well, I, and I love the way that the previous scene and this scene were cut together. Um, the way that uh, that Isabel's... Uh, um, the, the, the way her, her reaction to the dismissal of her... Uh, of the dismissal of her uh, cut right into being punched in the face during the spar sparring match. That was very good. And I didn't realize until now that that parallels with the two, with the one punch that was shown twice, uh, as she doesn't want to continue working out, but her friend wants to keep punching, mm-hmm. but she is tired and feeling defeated. And, and they showed there that she's, she packs a good punch. Mm-hmm. And then... The next part is Chava and his two friends at a bar try to write his speech. His super douchey friends. Well, <laughs> I would not categorize them as such, although the sentiment is there. I like to use other words, but uh, they are also doofy. I mean, they, they yeah, they were re- they seemed really dumb. They they definitely parallel Chava uh, in their levels of competence. <laughs> yes. And then at home, Isabel works on her speech, and Rafa tries to help. Uh, yeah, he didn't see. He was like, "Let's do squats." <laughs> and she said, "I need to leave." Mm-hmm. And she does. And then Chava is still at the bar with his friends, and he cries while singing at karaoke. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and there's that. There's a scene where a guy comes up and is like, "Are you gonna sell the team?" And, uh, and he's like, oh, "No, I'm not gonna sell the team." And then the guy leaves, and. Uh, are my people and he'd just shaken the hands with the guys and his friends are like okay he's your people but you should wash your hand mm-hmm. and then later when he's crying the i think the owner of the bar comes up and tries to escort them out and and lets him know lets chava know that he's already bought the bar mm-hmm. but he still needs to leave and then isabel walks through the halls of the stadium she finds Chava having a breakdown on the field with his two friends, and Isabel flashes back to meeting Chava in the hospital after his birth. That was a really good scene. Um, yeah, the way she's brought into the room and uh, seeing the baby, and then immediately Salvador gives this newborn baby credit for the match they just won. He's like, We won the game because of you! You're a blessing! And she's just kind of 
you know, I want to hold the baby. Oh, I have to leave now. I want to hold the baby. As your mother wants to get out of the room. Mm-hmm. So then next, Isabel and Chava console each other on the field. And Isabel tells Chava a story about their father. And then after the story, Chava says they should share the presidency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, he's, he's like, I don't remember any of this. I was just a little kid. And she's telling him. She's telling him the story and calming him down with it. They talk about, you know, should we sell? And, and Isabel's like, no, of course we shouldn't sell. And he's like, we shouldn't sell. But he doesn't say it with the same kind of confidence. He says it like he's got doubts about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, he says like how he, he doesn't he doesn't want to stay in Nueva Toledo. He spills that out when he's drunk, even though he doesn't talk about it others in other scenes. Well, he does have other ambitions, and he mentioned in the steam room that he wants to make Nuevo Toledo, uh, no, he wants to make the Cuervos the Real Madrid of Mexico and have uh, their stadium be like the Staples Center in Los Angeles. And his father just shakes his head at that. Because Chava clearly does not understand the concept of how cities work and business and the concept that Los Angeles is a a megalopolis with over 10 million people, and I don't think there's even a million people in Nuevo Toledo. Yes. So the next thing is at the game, Moises delivers his speech, and Isabel encourages Chala before his speech. Mm-hmm. And they seem like they continue. they are continuing to get along as siblings who are supporting each other. Yes. And then Chala takes the field, and then he delivers Isabel's story as his own, and then he declares himself president of the Cuervos to the applause of the first scene that started the episode. Right. The first scene was like a short, shorter version of this speech. We didn't hear all of it, and it was edited. It was presented slightly differently. And now you're seeing the whole speech, and seeing all, and you have all the context, and you hear the whole speech. And uh, you know he starts off with the speech he's written on this uh, bar napkin and he stumbling on it and he realizes that you know he's kind of lost and doesn't really he doesn't really have a speech at all and then he uh he remembers the story isabel told him and he just steals it and pretends it pretends that it is it is his and then isabel had her speech but then she tears it up after after chava delivers her story and i love the way she does that uh i mean as she when he first starts stealing her her speech, uh, she has this expression on her face, like she's so shocked and angry. And then as he gets rolling with it, even though he's stolen this idea, he is presenting it very well, and he's moving the crowd with it. And she has kind of this look like on on her face, like when she when she uh, when she tears up her speech, she only looks half mad at that point. She's obviously mad that he he stole her speech uh he stole her thunder but she also seems to accept okay he he did it well and then that line comes out of his mouth that he is the president already and her expression completely changes at that at that moment and uh then that leads to the uh the punch that started us off 
Uh, yes, okay. And then Isabel punches Chava. He denies remembering saying that they should share the presidency. And he also uh, denies that he stole her story that he couldn't have known. He's like, we were drunk. She says, you were drunk. Mm -hmm. That is accurate as well. And then she says that uh, she is... She's never going to let him be president of the Queros. And the next scene is Chava and his black eye are declared president of the Queros. Yeah, it just cuts like that, like that, and he's president. Mm-hmm. And how did you feel about that part? It was infuriating. How so? Because, well, because he, uh, he didn't, he, I mean, through the whole episode, he, he doesn't deserve any of this, and he gets it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was infuriating, uh, and it was uh, very well put together. Mm-hmm. Well, you said infuriating, and and that he deserves none of this, and yet he gets it all. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what parallels can you draw from that situation? Parallels. Yes. Well, one of the reasons I really like this show is because it's funny. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, I think it is a great show for um, really motivated women who are who are subsumed by their uh, incompetent brothers. But (laughs) but uh, moreover, um, I think let's see that first off, it reminded me of the Lion King. And when I watched mm-hmm. it, when I was had to be had to have been ten years old, I got to the end of the movie, and I thought to myself, "Well, that was ridiculous." <laughs> and then I learned lots of other reasons why there are terrible things in that movie and that whole story. But the thing that really struck me at ten was when Simba went off to the forest because he couldn't handle whatever his uncle Scar said. And he meets Timon and Pumbaa, and then Nala comes finding him and says, well, you have to come back and, and save the pride. I'm like, well, you were there the whole time? Yeah, Nala was there the whole time. But this idiot ran off, and now you're trying to find him so that he can take over the pride, which you know everything about. And he ran off, and he has no knowledge of anything, but he's supposed to lead you? And the movie said, yeah, that's right! Because yes. he was born into it! He has no skills! I was I was thinking about uh, Shava after watching it last night, and thinking about you know how infuriating he was, and I was thinking he's not the villain of this story, but it's it's not right to describe his character as the villain. The villain of this episode is his male privilege, and it's not just him. It's the uh, you know it's. Uh, it's his father, and it's his, uh, uh, it's, it's all the, the people around him, and he's the focal point of this. And that doesn't make him even slightly blameless, because he, you know, he accepts it, and he expects it, and uh, he, uh, he takes it. Does that make sense? Uh, I understand what you're saying. Uh, also, uh, what else was I going to say? 
that that continues. All right, right now you're seeing Chaba and the the poor choices that he made with his uh, drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. and uh, theft of ideas. Uh, th- this will be amplified throughout the rest of the season. So we'll see how you feel. Yes, as, uh, <laughs> that was my impression. That was my impression after thinking about episode one. So yes, and and uh, any any other. Any other things that you, uh, any other insights that you may have drawn from looking at someone uh, who's a uh, white man with hair? <laughs> I with, know. with curly brown hair. <laughs> I know he did. Yeah, I know. I know what? <laughs> Tell the listeners. I'm a white man with, with curly brown hair. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's, it's a great... Uh, exploration of uh, how uh, women in general, not specifically in uh, in sports in Mexico, are treated, but mm-hmm. the concept that that this team would let Isabel do all this work and not and she's actually really qualified for her position. You'll see how qualified she is later. Uh, to handle all of the uh, messes that are made, mm-hmm. uh, and no one considers her except for her husband. Who's <laughs> like, yeah, you're great. Okay. So if you are a lady who has a lot of ambition and is stymied by uh, male fools around you, especially those uh, who are white with curly brown hair, then you might enjoy watching the rest of the series. And we will continue uh, with the rest of the series once we... Uh, watch the other episodes and hopefully the second season will come to netflix soon there is no date stated just that there is a second season i don't know when it's coming yay what would you like to add before we end um i don't think i have anything else this Uh, has been fun it has been fun and if you would like to uh if you would like to purchase an ad on our podcast, you can let us know at klubdeklubdequerbos at gmail.com. And we'll have examples of those ads uh, in future episodes if uh, we actually end up doing that. So <laughs> so email us either way and, and let us know what you thought of us. You can also tweet us at... Uh, uh, at Club de Club, which is at C L U B D E C L U B on Twitter. And we're also on Blogger at Club de Club de Cuervos.blogspot.com. And I also already mentioned the email address, Club de Club de Cuervos at gmail.com, where you can send us your requests for an ad, either a personal ad that you'd like to send to a friend or family member, or an ad for your business at two different price points so email us for that and if you have any questions about me melena or james then you can email us or tweet us as well just how would james like to end ask whatever you'd like well don't ask whatever you like don't be (laughs) weirdos (laughs) we don't have to answer um well uh thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next episode thank you bye-bye insert music here (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.